This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 2122, The Best Way to Think More Clearly, by Dr. Jenny Brockus of drjennybrockus.com, and I'm Justin Mollick, your very own personal narrator. I read to you every single day of the year so that you don't have to go find blogs and articles yourself. I find the best authors online, in my own opinion, and simply read them to you for free. So let's continue the tradition and continue optimizing your life. The Best Way to Think More Clearly by Dr. Jenny Brockus of drjennybrockus.com. Move. It's long been said that we think better on our feet. It is true. Kids given standing desks were found to ask or answer more questions and contribute more to class discussion. This was equivalent to an increase in engagement of 12% or an extra seven minutes of effective learning in a lesson. That might not sound like a lot, But over the course of an eight-lesson day, that adds up to an extra 54 minutes. Think of all that extra potential waiting to be tapped. Let's not forget either that our brain's plasticity is available to us across our lifespan. We are lifelong learners, meaning keeping physically active is a fantastic, simple, and cost-effective way of keeping our minds sharp and thinking hot. But we have been evolving into an increasingly sedentary society making it harder for ourselves to retain clarity of thought, make good decisions, and solve problems easily. The solution has been long staring us in the face. It's time to get off our bottoms and move more. Which is why there has been a move towards providing more stand-up or variable height desks at work. One recent article debated the validity of such a move, citing a potential conflict of interest in the recently published guidelines for sitting and moving at work, because one of the contributing authors had a commercial link to these types of desks. But this doesn't mean we should ignore the evidence that standing and moving helps us to think better. The increased blood flow to the brain supplying extra oxygen and nutrients supports better brain function and stimulates the release of trophic factors that work to support neuronal health and neuroplasticity. Exercise primes a brain for better performance. Harvard professor John Rady in his book Spark revealed how exercise gets us ready to learn elevates mood, and reduces stress. The best exercise for brain function is always going to be the exercise you do. For years, the public health message has been to find 30, the gold standard of 30 minutes of huff and puff or aerobic exercise that gets your heart rate up and makes you puff a bit. For kids, this could be something as simple as running around the school oval before class. We could join them, of course, or do our own thing by scheduling time to get to the gym, go for a jog, walk, swim, or cycle ride. But there are a couple of stumbling blocks. What if you haven't been blessed with a loving exercise gene, or allergic, or are exercise intolerant? And what if your overstuffed and ridiculously busy schedule simply doesn't cater for that time out for you yourself to indulge in extra physical activity? Help appears to be at the hand, and it's pure gold. The PURE study looked at the effect of physical activity on mortality, death, and heart disease in 130,000 people from 17 high, middle, and low-income countries and concluded, no prizes for guessing the outcome, that physical activity counts as much as going to the gym. The main difference being that the time required for sufficient aerobic exercise is 30 minutes daily, five times a week, versus one to two hours of physical activity. Moving more in your day can be achieved by choosing to, number one, stand more. 
This might look like standing for five to 10 minutes after sitting for an hour. Choosing to stand in meetings while on the phone or when having a face-to-face conversation with both parties standing or persuading your boss or yourself to trial a stand-up or variable height desk. Number two, move more during the day. Look for the opportunity to walk to speak to a colleague rather than texting or emailing them. Arrange a walking meeting. Get outside at lunchtime for a walk, jog or stretch, and take the stairs instead of the lift. And number three, review how you get to and from work to see whether you can get off the bus or train one stop earlier and walk the rest of the way or choose to cycle into work several times a week. While the Pure study looked at the impact of physical activity on mortality and heart disease, What's good for the heart is often very good for the brain. Exercise changes the brain. Walking, that activity requiring us to use our legs to propel us from one place to another, has been shown to be the ideal activity to get us thinking better and remembering more. Regular aerobic huff and puff exercise has been shown to boost the size of the hippocampus, in women at least, that part of the brain used in learning and verbal memory. It reduces inflammation and insulin resistance, both factors for cognitive decline, and improves sleep patterns, also vital for better thinking and mental energy. For those of you interested in brain conservation, regular exercise has been shown to help us to retain more gray and white matter. While brain shrinkage is a normal phenomenon associated with aging, keeping physically active with exercise can reduce or put a halt to that brain shrinkage, assisting the development of what is called cognitive reserve. We are born with a marvelous brain. Working to your true potential starts with giving your brain the attention it deserves to work at its very best. It's time to start doing more of the one thing that will make the biggest difference to how well you think, learn, and remember. Move more. As Soren Kierkegaard reminds us, quote, above all, do not lose your desire to walk. Every day I walk myself into a state of well-being and walk away from every illness. I've walked myself into my best thoughts and I know of no thought so burdensome that one cannot walk away from it. But by sitting still, and the more one sits still, the closer one comes to feeling ill. Thus, if one just keeps on walking, everything will be all right. You just listened to the post titled The Best Way to Think More Clearly by Dr. Jenny Brockus of drjennybrockus.com. And thank you to Dr. Jenny. One habit that I personally have from this list that I thought was odd, but I find more and more people have also is when talking on the phone, I can't be sitting. I find it's very distracting. So I get a lot of my steps in on days where I have long phone calls with my business partner, Lee. More reason to get on that phone. It's an easy way for me to get steps in. I don't even realize how many I got until I check later through my phone or smartwatch. I got a smartwatch as a gift recently, and other than tracking steps, I actually do find the little reminders it sends to stand up actually really helpful. Somehow it knows when I'm sitting and it'll tell me it's time to stand up. And if I do, it congratulates me and I feel good about doing it. It's such a small, simple thing and a tiny feature in smartwatches, but I really think it helps. I also record this podcast standing up, so that's not quite moving, but at least I'm not sitting even more. So maybe there's something like that in your life that you do every single day where you could think, maybe I can stand instead of sit, and you wouldn't really notice a difference. Your body would though, and that's important. 
So see what you come up with. Have a great rest of your day and weekend on your feet. And I'll see you tomorrow as usual, where your optimal life awaits.